Hey, you're listening to the C3 Network Podcast with Dan Holland. Our mission is to create a network of micro churches that are finding, teaching, and equipping people to be on mission. Our hope is that this encourages you. Be sure to leave us a review so you can help us share our message with more people who need to hear it. And now, Dan Holland. Welcome back. We're learning what it takes to build a life that lasts, how to live a life that is both effective and productive. All right, I want you to think back. You remember a class that you had maybe in high school or maybe college, and you said, when am I ever going to use this in the, in the real world, in real life? All right, with apologies to any engineers that may be uh, listening here in the room, remember calculus, geometry, Remember studying all night, memorizing how to figure out the antiderivative of a function or memorizing postulates and theorems? I don't even remember what any of that means. And I'm probably getting it wrong right now. You can correct me if I'm getting it wrong. I sure have never used that in real life. Well, this isn't that type of lesson. This lesson is for real everyday life. It's written by Peter. Start in chapter 1, verse 1, 2 Peter. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, where does spiritual growth and maturity begin? Where does it start? When Peter wanted to remind Christ's followers what they'd need most to be effective and productive in their faith, out of all the qualities that he could have chosen, out of all of them, I mean, think of all of them, he chose to start with faith. He said, make every effort to add to your faith. He then lists eight qualities necessary for growth, and he leads them with faith because each virtue originates in faith. The importance of faith cannot be overstated because faith happens within, inside of you. Your thought leads to action. That's word or deed. Actions lead to habits. Habits lead to character. It's a reputation. And character leads to destiny. Where are we going to end up? Our thoughts are based on what we believe. This makes a lot of sense to me because unless and until I believe something to be true, then no growth is likely to occur. Wouldn't you agree? Now let me rephrase that. No lasting 
long-term growth. But if you want to build a life that lasts, that's strong, then Peter says you start with faith. Do the internal work first. Decide who you will believe. Who are you going to follow? Jesus calls over and over, follow me. I want you to think about this. Everything starts small and carries the potential of it to grow. Trees, humans, companies, bank accounts, everything starts small. Even the qualities mentioned here, faith starts small and grows goodness. When you see goodness, its root system is in faith. Faith feeds goodness, and out of goodness grows knowledge, and then self-control, then perseverance, then godliness, then mutual affection, finally, of course, love. As it turns out, the roots of love are found in faith. The roots of love run through mutual affection, godliness, perseverance, self-control, knowledge, and goodness, all the way back to faith. A life rooted in faith is a life that will last. Now, why did he start with faith? Because, and scripture makes this very bold claim, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. In other words, without faith, it's not more difficult or more strenuous or more problematic to please God. Nope. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It can't be done. Why? The answer is right there in Hebrews eleven six. 6. You can just keep reading. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because, and this is the why, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. There are two conditions. First, faith believes that God exists. And second, faith believes that God rewards those who diligently, sincerely, or earnestly seek him. But isn't it easy to fall into a lifestyle where you're living for God, but in a way where you don't need God? I want you to think about that. Have you ever tried to please God, but realized it wasn't necessarily by faith? I've often tried to please God without faith. I've tried to live a life pleasing to God while also living a life that pleased myself. Whatever I believed to be good, I did, but it wasn't always by faith in God. If anyone were to ask me whether or not I wanted to please God, I would have answered yes, and of course then I would have been insulted. But in those moments where I was not acting from my faith, I would not in those moments be pleasing to God. Because without faith, we can do so much that looks like actions that are driven from faith. For example, without faith, we can be kind to others or do good deeds. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, we'll quit loving those that hurt us, unless it's by faith. We often try to impress God with our life or our moral uprightness. But God isn't wanting to be impressed. He wants to be pleased. And we can only please him by faith. Start with faith. Why? Because with faith, it is possible to please God. And that's great news. Faith is believing that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Growing starts with believing, with faith. Growing starts with trusting God. Trying to build a life that lasts without faith is like trying to make dough rise without using yeast. It doesn't work. You can pray over the dough if you want and sing hymns about rise up, O dough, 
but it isn't going to rise. But start with yeast and you'll get remarkable and expected results. And that's key. Also, very tasty results. Growing up, my family couldn't afford store-bought bread, which was an embarrassment to me, if you can believe that. Big family, small budget. But we had yeast, and a couple of times a week, mom would bake bread, six loaves at a time. Point is, start with faith in God and his son, Jesus Christ. Faith is the starting it's the starting line, it's a starting point. To grow in Christ, start with faith, just begin in faith. Start there, but don't stop there. Add to your faith, grow in your faith, do something with your faith. Let your faith inform your life. That's what Peter did in his life. Let it transform how you think about money and friendships, morality, business, sex, politics, whatever. Follow your faith. Let faith lead you. Now, if faith is the key quality, why did Peter give them eight? It's so that we could understand what life looks like when we nurture faith in Jesus. I used to say that the order of the qualities didn't matter because I could see the importance of each one of these qualities, of the eight. Of the eight, there's faith and love are the big ones, right? They're the yeast of Scripture. But now, now... After so many years, I see the wisdom of the order. Peter was highly intentional. Whenever we go with the order, we learn something important about each quality. That's what we're going to do throughout this, this series. We'll take one step at a time, and, and who can't do that, right? That said, let's take the first step. If we view these as steps, then the further we step, the higher we get, and the higher we get, the better our perspective becomes. Step up on the first step of faith. That's what Peter did. He stepped up and he followed Jesus. And it's interesting that he opens his letter this way. Read it again, verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, in letters today or in emails, we sign our name at the end, right? But in the first century, they signed letters at the beginning so that people would know who was writing. Now, did you notice that Peter wrote Simon Peter, a servant of the Apostle Jesus Christ. Simon Peter. What was that, his first and middle name or last name? This is interesting because when Jesus met Peter, his name was Simon, son of Jonah. But Jesus changed his name to Peter, which means rock. But here, Peter refers to himself by both names, Simon before Jesus and Peter after Jesus because Jesus made the difference in his life. Listen, who we are today is in part because of who we were before we met Jesus. Jesus makes the difference, but it starts with faith. Peter started with faith by trusting Jesus, and it led to his transformation. Peter was a fisherman. He's likely, when he met Jesus, in his 20s. Peter was married. His brother was Andrew. At times, Peter exhibited great faith, like when he walked on the water in the middle of a storm or when he preached the first gospel sermon ever. At other times, though, he doubted, like when he tried to cut the guy's head off when they came to arrest Jesus because he didn't know what else to do. Or like when he denied Jesus. And Jesus told him he was going to do it, but the temptation was just far too great to resist. But after Jesus was crucified, he went back to fishing, and one day... After his resurrection, Jesus showed up on the shore, and it was Peter 
who jumped out of the boat and swam to shore. I always picture Forrest Gump jumping out of the boat when he saw Lieutenant Dan on the shore. As it turned out, Peter preached that first gospel sermon, the first one ever in history, and he was a leader among the apostles. For Peter, growth was a process that was rooted in faith. And we need to learn that growth is a process for us too. It's a process. Sometimes it may feel like we're so far from looking like Jesus consistently. Would you agree? Please keep in mind that this is a process, not a one-time event. Growth is a process. All growth is a process that takes time. Give it time. Nothing grows instantly and nothing grows without change, period. Nothing at all. That's why we make every effort to add to our faith. What does he mean by saying make every effort? He means that you go all out and that you're all in because he knows that there's an unfolding of faith happening here. Out of faith grows goodness. Out of goodness grows knowledge. Out of knowledge grows self-control. Out of self-control grows perseverance. Out of perseverance grows godliness. Out of godliness grows mutual affection. Out of mutual affection grows love. And that all starts with faith and returns to faith. A little faith is powerful. Faith the size of a mustard seed. Faith is, well, let's read what faith is. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith is trust. Faith says, I believe him and will do what he tells me. So important. To have faith in God means that I believe God. Now watch this. Right in the middle of the word believe, B-E-L-I-E-V-E, is the word lie, L-I-E. The word lie stands, in my mind, for lacks in execution. The lie is this, that you can lack in execution and still call it belief. How do we know what's right? Faith is given in and by the word of God, which is Jesus himself. It's also written, given to us in the written word. Faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. That's what he wrote in Romans chapter 10. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. There's so much in this parable. Building a house, the foundation chosen, uh, that's been chosen, the storms, bottom line, everybody gets to choose how they would live, and everybody will go through storms. The storms reveal how well the house was built. So in this parable, Jesus is literally telling them how to build a life that lasts. Basically, he tells them, if you want to survive the storms, just do what I tell you. Follow my instructions. Obey me. Are you good at following instructions? Jesus calls that wise. He's not asking us to turn off our brains. He's asking us to turn them on. This is not a whatever the boss tells me to do, I'll do, even when I know it's wrong. He's the boss. We're on call. 
Whatever he says to do, we do. Wherever he says to go, we go. And the end result is that we will have a life that lasts. Following instructions, where and how we build our life matters because, well, storms. Faith is simple. God says it, we believe it, we obey it. It's not mystical. It's not even tough to understand. It's super practical. Why would we, why would we start with faith? Because we're building a life that lasts. Now, what are your next steps to add to your faith? The first thing is to decide who you're going to listen to. Who will you believe? Decide you're going to believe Jesus. That's the first step to a new future. And next, let your faith inform your life. You know, so often our lives inform our faith. But begin with your faith. Everything that follows in the coming weeks is built on belief because faith is the foundation for building a life that lasts. And believing happens in our mind and our heart. So write down your thoughts in a journal or share your thoughts in your group if, you, if you're in a group. And finally, get started. Start doing what you already know. Start simple, start small, but just, just add day in and day out. Start doing what you already know. Focus. Don't worry about what you don't know. When you do what Jesus teaches, it's called living by faith. We just leave the results to him. And learn this phrase, said it last week, faith will tell you what to do, love will tell you how. If you want to truly understand what love is, start with faith. Why? Why can't I start somewhere else? Maybe start with feelings and emotions. How about that? Because scripture teaches Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly or diligently seek him. That's a strong statement. It's not harder or more difficult to please God if you don't have faith. It's not possible to please God without faith. And doesn't that make sense to you? Why? Because by faith, we believe that God exists. And by faith, we believe that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Remember what we talked about from Romans 12. Don't conform any longer to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Memorize 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 through 11. Just, just do it. It's nine verses, y'all. To grow spiritually, simply follow this process every day. Start with faith. Don't start with goodness or knowledge or self-control or perseverance or godliness or mutual affection or even love. Start with faith. Trust God. Live in a way that you need God to please God. Trust the architect of life. Trust his blueprint. Be wise and do what he's told you. Don't try to outsmart God. You're not smarter than God. Just say yes to the things because you trust him. Say no to certain things because you trust him. Because you're making every effort to add to your faith. Maybe you haven't been making every effort. Now you are. Praise God. God is the boss. We are on call 24-7. Just live like it. I'm praying for you that God will cause these qualities to grow in your life a little each day. You have the freedom to live this way because you are forgiven. We're not trying to earn his forgiveness, and we're not working to make God love us more. But we do want more than just to know about God. We want to be effective and productive. And God already loves you. You are forgiven. 
So each day, pray this small but powerful prayer. Today, I will make every effort because I am fully forgiven and deeply loved by God. Today, I will do more than believe. I will add to my faith. I will trust God. I will truly come alive. I will let faith lead, and I will follow God in faith. Let me pray this prayer for you. Lord, help me today to add to my faith. I want to live my life fully alive in Christ. Give me strength for today to follow you in faith. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this podcast, we post a new episode each week. So be sure to subscribe and leave us a review so you can help share our message. We'll see you next time.